0: Are there Anabaptists today? Yeah, Mennonites? Amish Mennonites? Jacob Ammon? Menno Simons? J- Jacob Ammon broke off from Menel Simons because he was not strict enough. Uh, I have a very quick summary. And we're going to go on. We're not going to spend a lot of time on it. We did it last time. Baptized again. These were specifically people who have been baptized as infants. Well we do that. You're right. We are. So we are a That Everybody had to be done like that, though. It wasn't like I know what you're saying. People who do not, do not trust Christ really and were baptized and then they got right and they really believed and we encouraged them to be baptized again. Yeah. So, um, if they, I mean, if they're baptized in the temple that's like Baptist or whatever. And they get saved that. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, so we are the way. You're right. And it just actually became Baptist in England, instead of Anabaptists, we became, dropped off the and Anna, Anna, became Baptist. When you ask about today's Anabaptists, how they differ from other evangelical Protestants, one of the Anabaptists said, The Anabaptists see Jesus not only as Savior, but as teacher, teaching them how to live their lives while on this earth. They believe that obedience to His commands is required. Therefore, they try to live as He taught. Thus, they are a separate people, following hard Following the hard narrow path of the kingdom of God that Jesus taught and lived, an emphasis of Anabaptist teaching is the gospel of the kingdom, which aims at the establishment of a place of love, joy, peace in the Holy Spirit. So Amish are a lot about works. I trust they're truly saved and not relying only on the works, because they are a uh, they are a conservative people. Uh, you're not going to get in to be Amish, full fledged Amish, until you. I guess you have to commit to that. We're English. And we're not Amish. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's the difference there. Of course, there's the Mennonites, Jacob Ammon breaking off from Menno Simons. And so we have Amish uh, today. We have Anabaptists today. But like I said, we really are from that same stream of thought, no plan intended, uh, of Anabaptists. I think I'm here on the book, 122. 122 in the book. And, but I want to clear up also. Uh, last week I talked about how the Russian people were, were going into their own prisons. Believe it or not, after rereading it, it was uh, me Bogosian. His military group were going into the prisons in Russia, dragging out, no, dragging, pulling out, and then later became non choice and taking them to the battlefield. And Russia was shooting at having their own soldiers. Get attract the fire of the Ukrainian army. So Russia was clearing out their own jails to put their own people as fought cannon fodder in the war. And I was just reading about that Mr. Prokhorov who died last week. Uh, he was 62, my age, and uh, he had been eluding. He had, had four or five jet planes that he he, would, he was his he had a 10 million dollar reward on his head from America, 10 million dollars and he would evade all, he would have be on his plane and have, have meetings, so, so if he got caught, he'd fly off real quick. And so he was, uh, he, he was not a, one of the household good characters uh, in the world. Uh, anyway, we'll just stop right there at Baptist Today. Two things I really want to just read pretty much as we get started here, and they are so important to what makes us different. Uh, and the nature of true devotion. If you're reading the bottom of 22, going to 123, it says these words, Baptists are, most have been identified by their insistence upon the separation of church and state. Their position has been characterized by two elements, and here's two key elements. First, Baptists believe that coercive power of the state must not be used to enforce matters that should be left to the conscience before God. That's what Baptists believe. Now, we faced that about three years ago. We were on the cusp of facing that. We were not absolutely told we had to close. We were very much encouraged to close, and the church did not close. I think Mr. MacArthur did not obey all, because they got may started meddling in with what is church stuff, and it became it's going to become a problem. It likely will become a problem down the road. But the question on page 123, what are some areas in which the church could try to step in and control what the church teaches and practices, what do you think? What are some areas the church might want to step in and try to control what the church teaches the state might want to step in? Against homosexuality. Yes, homosexuality. Oh, they want to control everything. Yes, homosexuality. Uh, of same sex marriage that we have to have same sex couples, or and if you have a school, you're gonna to have to allow same sex couples to be in teaching, people who don't agree with this and they're gonna to try to step in and the book of Genesis, they want to get rid of that. Yes. My wife and I were just reading yesterday or the day before how that one of the things we know that in, in, in world well, theory is, is we are all, because we're all white in here, but we are all racist and we're all the problem. And not only that, the big thing is it's family something or another called family, but the problem is we have families. Exactly. It looks to like a woman, woman dad. Totally rid yeah. of women. I mean, yeah, it As does. far as it recognizes women, you know. Yeah. So there are many fronts, and the book says this, what the church is about homosexuality and other sinful lifestyle choices, uh, who the church hires, the church reasons for practicing church discipline, etc. The second thing we are honing in on is this, Christianity should not appeal to the state for support or advantage. In short, from a Baptistic point of view, the best attitude of state toward matters of religion is simply to ensure that people have the liberty to worship God according to the dictates of their own consciences. The state has no right either to establish a religion or to prohibit its free exercise. And that's what we believe as Baptists. And that's we are to be involved, I think, in involved in those things. Politics, obviously we are to say our, our voice and stand up for what is right, but the state should not be coming in to the church and telling us what or any church, period. You know, we still think, well that's just a that's just a cat. Well, if they start we'll going after that Catholic church, period. we're just next. So Anyway, that's the two things we really stand on. Why is getting, number eight, financial support of the state not a good idea for churches? Why is it not a good idea? Exactly. Did you know that $7.7 billion was given to churches in the COVID cares? $7.7 billion PPP loans. And so there's a worry if you take that on, what are they going to want now? From us to do that. So let's go right on. The nature of true devotion then. We're going to go right along. Keep moving along so we can get to our Bible verses. And the first one is in John chapter 4. If you want to turn over there please. John 4. Why are so, Why are we so adamantly, if you remember last week, I said what happens when you combine fire or, or you combine gasoline and fire? It's That's a bad thing. And so what happens when you combine the church and the uh, uh, state Bad things happen, and that's what we, talked, we said about last time. Pastor, you know, the church or the state, There's down through the years, I mean, when I was a kid, there was people that didn't believe in getting their children vaccinated. You know? Right. And they have uh, religious. There people. still are. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the state insists that they're going to go to a public school and be vaccinated, you know. Yeah. And when the truth, you don't. Right. It's true. If they put so much pressure on us Yes. they had to go homeschool each other and take them like to religious school. Well Stephanie and I have faced that when we went to the nursing home with my mother. Either we get back we either get our shot or we don't see my mother. So we chose to get our get our shot. Because of that, it's the only reason we did it. So, but but you're right. It's going, I think it's going to get more and more, possibly. But we want to separate. The church on one side, of the state. We're not to be. You're not to melt. You're not to be a church-state or state-church. Either one. We don't believe in either of those. Even as Baptists, I do not want the Baptists to be the state church of Kentucky. Yeah, which Baptist? Yeah, which which Baptist, Yes. So a conversation happens at this well, and at the well, four twenty-three of John four twenty-three. But the hour cometh, and now is John four twenty-three, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father. In spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So question number nine. What does it mean to worship the Father in spirit and truth? It means sincerity and worship. As He's the infinite, unconfined being that God is. Spirit and truth. So... We cannot, coerce, we cannot coerce you. I could say, Mr. Womack, I want you to become Islam. And he says, and I'm going to chop off your head. A lot of people today, now he would say chop off my head in a heartbeat probably. A lot of can, and they'll, they'll motor the five colors of Islam. But do they really mean that? Or are they just saying that to get their, keep their head chopped off? You should not be coercing spirit. Your spirit should be involved in the worship. We are not about Coercing people, the word God was never Christ was never like that. And then in truth. So we must know and speak truth. So if you are a fundamental evolutionist and you believe that God did not create you and He did not design you, then you are calling God a liar because He said He did in the Bible. I'm wondering that my I'm not I've gone the seed on this, but how can you truly be born again if you're calling God a liar? We don't we, we, we start Christians will sign on for these worldly ideologies and evolution is a worldly ideology but they don't see the end result of that. Where's where is that leading? It's leading me to a society where people just act crazy. Did you hear I just heard this morning about the guys who are doing a film, a documentary? In, in Chicago, about the rise of theft, and while they were doing it, they were robbed of their camera and everything. Right while they're doing the documentary, <laughs> and it was just one of nine that day or, or that night or something. The one of nine they were dealing with that shift, and it's like. And by the way, also they were smart robbers because they took the camera too. They put have tip in their picture and were scheming. Anyway, ha- and so, so that's what happens to a society when we lose our moorings. We lose our moorings. Now, we have, Lord willing, you've not lost your moorings, though we're ground upon the solid rock. I'm making a generalization. Our country, in a lot of regards, has lost the moorings of God's word. We are to worship in spirit and truth. Jesus' re- reply shows the external circumstances of worship matter far less than the heart of the worshiper. According to our book, he grounded his observation in the very nature of God himself. Uh, the last, uh, Coerced worship is not offered in spirit and truth. People who are being coerced neither believe in what they are doing nor wish to participate in it since their hearts are not in what they are doing. Their hearts are far from God. So external forms of worship and outward exercises of devotion can never please God when they're not back with a faithful heart. When, when Charlemagne, not Charlemagne, it was uh, Constantine, said, We're, uh, and the cross of Christ go forth and conquer and he baptized them all because he's wading through the river. Or something like that. Just all the armies, go, we're going to baptize you, jump in the water. I don't know how exactly did it, but it wasn't like a spiritual change. <laughs> we are not about that. People can seem very religious by engaging in all kinds of external things, and yet their heart be far from God. Page 124. The second one is not only with, in a religion, but also in a conversation with the lady, the well, and then with a denunciation as you're turning now to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew 15. <coughs> Matthew 15, <coughs> Denunciation, not a good thing. Who have Jesus say of you, seven, hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you saying, "This people draweth nigh to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, but in vain did they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So he cited Isaiah 29:40, they did not really need for him to do that because they knew. So why was the worship of the scribes and Pharisees worthless? Their heart was not in it. They were doing all these things, all these rituals and crossing, doing all these things, and 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 walking, not like you know, the Catholics would walk on their knees up those steps, whatever temple that, whatever the cathedral that is, all in an effort to please God. But that's not what he's looking for. He's looking for your heart. That's what he wants. I'm not saying we should have standards and, and, and things like that, but he wants to have your heart. So we, to force this outward, external worship is not what God's yeah. about. And question number 11 in your book there it says, why would you expect the Pharisees to be offended by this denunciation of them? Who wants to hear? You're not really spiritual. You're not really doing the right. No one wants to hear that. They want to hear that I'm I'm, doing, I'm pretty good. I mean, I'm serving the Lord, going to church, etc. So they they thought they were the cat's meow, and so that was that was be so difficult for them. He is not about that kind of worship. So that's inner religion. Not only that, he, through a conversation and denunciation, he emphasizes governmental threats cannot cause inner religion. Governmental threats cannot force external conformity, but they cannot secure the heart's allegiance. We can conf- make you... Can you think of a religion today that's all about external conformance to what they expect? Islam. Islam. Matter of fact, you want to see what a state right, or a religious state looks like? Sharia, Sharia law. That's what it is. That's the church running the state, state-running the church. They, they, they are wedded together. It's not a good thing. As you want know, other people in our own, own country, probably that rely more upon the Sharia law. We don't and Muslims not but there are some law-abiding Muslims, I'm sure, but there are some who want to have their own. Does not Islam want to take over the world? They, and that's what they want to do, yes. They do. And they're going to force the conformity to what they're teaching. Under coercion, people may go through the expected external rituals, but inwardly they remain hardened and unchanged. If you read the Fox's Book of Martyrs, how many would get to this, get to the torture rack and after days of torture, they would recant. Then they would get better. And right before they died, they would recant their recantation because they knew it was a Thomas Cro- uh, Crom- Cromwell. Cromwell, I think it was, anyway, he anyway, was a, he recanted, And then right before they killed him, he confessed, no, I truly believe Christ is Savior. And, and so a lot of them, because of, and who knows what we would do under severe torture. I mean, we don't, we've not had to praise the Lord. We've not had to face that. But they would read. So you, you, you can make people say things, but deep down, don't you see where this is so important in the church today? I know you see it. People can make a lot of statements about being a Christian, but down deep, you're the only, Mr. Womack is the only one, that, no, no, we can see his fruit, but he and God are the only two that know absolutely beyond shadow without gay or nay. God and I are the only ones who know absolutely, and I can see your fruit. I've seen all of your fruit, and I believe you're all truly uh, question, I would say yes, you're all born, I all of you, yes. But when it comes to Sean, I'm the only one that knows for sure, for sure, right? Me and God. But now we watch your outward actions, and I watch you grow in the Lord. I say, as far as I can have seen in their life, they're truly born again. But there's a lot of Christians today who are on the outside, but not necessarily on the inside. God's not about about that. If it's wrong to engage in empty, formalistic, external religion, then it's wrong to encourage empty, formalistic, external religion. It's simply outrageous to use the threat of imprisonment or death to compel empty, formalistic, external religion. Either you come to church on Sundays, or you're—we're going to take you to jail, or we're going to do this. Or, do you know people were even uh, were killed for attending churches that taught believers baptism the, the and just for attending the service, not for preaching, not for putting up banners and posters. If you were had the audacity to go against... Now remember, during the Reformation, there was a lot of state churches. John Calvin, he had, it was about 15,000 or less in Geneva. He, he was part of the government that ran the city. You had to be baptized to be part of the city. I mean, that was part of the... It was a, a little bit of heaven on earth. That was his purpose. And it was a, probably an amazing place the people to say, yes, wow, what an amazing place it was. They, every week, I was reading, they come to your house and see what you've done wrong that week and what you need to be corrected for. Every week they're coming to your house to check up on you. Yeah. Shall we go forward? We shall. Precedent of the New Testament. we got, we got time to do this. First of all, we see that if you're turning with me to Acts chapter 4, the passages are right on the board. Acts chapter 4. Do it there, please. The pattern of Acts in the New Testament. Acts chapter 4. First of all, we see the apostles. Acts 4. 18 to 20, please. What is Acts the bridge between? Acts is the bridge between the four and the epistles. So it's the bridge between how we got from the Gospels to the church. Acts chapter 4, verse 18. That's just a general summary. It's a lot more than that. Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. We might say that. And they called them and commanded them not to speak. At all, Lord, teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said, Whether that be right in the sight of God that hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So here, here's the pressure zone, on, 29. And now, Lord, behold that thy threatening and the grant unto thy servants that with all boldness that they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done and in the name of the Holy Child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, 31, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Even though it might mean be, being, we have not possible possibly again. This was either obey God or obey man. And in this case, we're going to obey God. Because he's told us to do this. Now, it's not, there's not a lot of things in our lives truly. Oh, oh, pastor, I don't have to pay my taxes. No, that's part of being a good citizen. But pastor, they tell me I must go out and start murdering people for no good reason. I, you know, I can't do that. Or I must start worshiping Allah. Or die. See, that, that's... We, rather, we have to serve God rather than men. And so, they weren't trying to stir the pot with the local government. They were just saying, God has called me to this. And it supersedes the government. Peter escaped death row. You know the story in chapter 12. Peter's in prison. Uh, who, by the way, had just been killed? Acts 12. First martyr of the apostles, I believe. James got killed. Uh, He killed James. Peter's in prison, uh, awaiting execution. Now, what wrong conclusions you might get from fourteen? Question fourteen, chapter twelve of Acts. Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church and killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. We might get the wrong conclusion: the state has power that God cannot control. God does not rescue everyone from trials. He doesn't. The three Hebrew children were thrown into the fiery furnace. God could have just as easily not rescued them, but he did. How many Christians are martyred in the world today because God could rescue them if he wanted to, but he does not rescue them? We don't understand understand why God let the state kill James. We don't understand why God allows all the Christians to be killed that are killed on probably a daily basis. But he is always holy and just and faithful. He had a sovereign plan for Peter, and Peter was allowed to escape for a time. But now when Peter's days were done, upside down he was crucified. And his time was done. He was going to live a little while longer. And by the way, he didn't linger around and say, "You know, I'm going to sit here in the jail and, until Herod comes and decides what he wants to do." No, the Lord rescued me. I, I know. And he didn't hang around the city. I think he left the city as well. there, there is nothing to gain. With thought question fifteen: from a partnership with the state that the believer doesn't already have in his relationship with God. There's nothing to be gained with a partnership with the state that we don't already have in God. What's the last song we say? Christ is all I need. And it's true. So These all that we need. We don't have to have a partnership with the state. Thirdly, Paul and Silas did not secure state favors. Paul and Silas were in prison. They were beaten, put in the stocks everyone's prison. They are singing. Which, by the way, is absolutely amazing to me, having been beaten, put in this prison, and in most prison stocks, And you're singing. And an earthquake happens. And then they say, you know what, we are Baptist preachers. And you've imprisoned us unfairly because we are Baptist preachers and our spiritual religious thing has been violated. Is that they said? No. They said, we are ro- and you've And when they said we're Roman citizens and you've imprisoned us unfairly, man, the the governor's like, let's get these guys out of here. Let's get them out of here quick. No, you've imprisoned us unfairly. So they didn't call in Christian favors to the state. You see, they're not expecting something special. Well, you know, I'm a pastor of a church in in Greenup County, so I shouldn't have to pay any taxes at all. What does it have to do with paying your state taxes? See, they weren't calling in religious favors, so they did not secure that. Paul did not appeal to ecclesiastical privileges. You remember, he was taken uh, by Lys- what's Licinius? What's his name? Uh, the, uh, Claudius Licinius. And he was taken, and he. But Claudius Lysias did not protect him because he was a Jew arguing over the resurrection. He protected him because he's a Roman citizen. He stands before Felix, and he says, uh, it's, "It's because of. It's, it's, it's not because of the things he's done." Religiously, it can't charge. It's the things you've done civilly. Festus even says almost, or Agrippa almost says almost uh, uh, has me to be a Christian. If it were not that you've already appealed to Caesar, I'd set you free. Because the, what they're saying, not civil crimes, it just it goes against the Jew's religion, and that's out of my purview. And so those were called in and said, but you know, he doesn't do that. He doesn't so exert some ecclesiastical privilege, if you will. He simply argued that if he was a criminal, did he not even say he was willing to accept the death penalty if he'd done something worthy of death? I'm pretty sure. But he didn't say that. But no criminal charge could be proved against him, however, and on page 126, so however, he sought to be free. The implication, to civil authorities and simply did not have right to decide questions over religious matters in free, except you kill the Caesar. So what my speaker conclude in question sixteen on page one twenty six that the church should not turn to the state for support. Didn't Paul even say that in chapter it, chapter eight? Don't go to, to suits one against another in 1 Corinthians chapter eight, I think it was. And finally, as we close up, lack of scriptural evidence for union. I love this. I'm going to rewrite from the book one twenty six. The New Testament contains no agenda for churches to dominate the political process. It contains no strategy for employing civil power to enforce matters of conscience. It contains no instructions for gaining or deploying the support and assistance of governments. Church and state appear as distinct institutions, independent of one another, each with an assigned role, neither interchangeable with other, while Christians are instructed to submit to the state, owing respect and paying taxes. The state is nevertheless constantly viewed as potentially hostile and not a source of support, uh, the caveat is we don't need to be involved. I need to be praying. We need to be praying for our local leaders, for our, uh, our protect us, those who are serving. Pray that our, I trust you're praying for our country that we'll have revival, that we'll have repentance. That's where it's going to start repentance in the churches. The separation of church and state, not in the Constitution, not in the Bill of Rights, is to keep the state out of the church. But it's not to keep Christians from praying for and even being involved. We have some Christian, Mr. Bentley's a Christian man, right? We have we, have, we have people who are we we'll pray for them. Doesn't mean we just take. We've taken a step back. I'm not trying to be a radical, ball, but we've taken a step back, far too back from that. And, and instead of you know, this is what the Bible says, and pray for. They need prayer. I have one of the last things in the world I would ever want to be was in some kind of political position. I don't want to be that. But I can pray for them. Can you not? Can we not pray for them? We can. And so we don't agree. It's not going to be, even, my wife and I don't agree about everything. So you know we're not going to agree with everybody who's in charge. But I can agree with the one who is completely in charge. We can agree with him coming up. And so I can, we'll pray. The Lord's will is going to be done. And I pray if possible we'll have our country repent. I pray it's within his will that our country repents and returns to his word. But if he doesn't, he's still in charge. And he will... We have to get to where we have a tribulation somehow. Right? We have to get to the tribulation. we have to get, we've got, to, we've got to get ahead that direction for we're ever going to get to the tribulation. Let us pray. Lord, I am a stumbling preacher. I am, and I am flawed. I, I know that. Lord, I am just a sinner saved by your marvelous grace for which I am eternally grateful. Help us, Lord, to be a praying people. Help us to have a burden for our own community. Lord, speaking of me. Start with me burden for the people we see. Visitors come. We try to reach out to them. Whatever we can do Lord, help us to, to be about your business. I believe your time is short. We look at the world as so rapidly digressing uh, in so many ways. Yet, Lord, you're on the throne. You are you in, in charge. And so, Lord, may we just bow before you, Lord, your will be done. Bless us now as so we go our separate ways. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.